Hi, this is Ben Lowell of Back to the Bible Canada. Today we continue our series with guest speaker, Pastor Steve Bray, in a series entitled Knowing Jesus, How the Gospel Changes Us. In today's message, we'll examine how knowing Jesus changes our outlook on life. So let's go back to the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24. What does it mean to know Jesus? That is the question we've been dealing with the past two days. And we've gone back to the Bible to find our answer, specifically Ephesians chapter 4. Today we need to know, the world needs to know, if Jesus is real, if the Bible is true and to be trusted in 2016, then how? How does the gospel truly change us? Already we've learned that knowing Jesus changes our goals. We simply aim at different things as true followers of Christ. Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 1, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We love God and we love people and we are driven to serve others. We seek a unity that is based on truth, not our feelings. We have a Christ-like patience and a God-honoring humility. We are empowered with both the peace of God and peace with God. Then yesterday, we learned that knowing Jesus changes our destiny. We no longer live for ourselves. We no longer have to fear life or death. Our purpose for living was made clear in Christ. We know why we are here, and we know where we are going. Jesus was and is and continues to be victorious over death and Satan and sin, yours and mine. All we are called to do is admit, trust, believe, and then respond. Our destiny has been set by Jesus the love, forgiveness, adoption, redemption, and acceptance he freely gives changes us. The man called the father of modern hymnody, Isaac Watts, explains and declares this so well with the last line of his famous hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. He writes, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We now are changed by Jesus because of Jesus. Why? Because we have Jesus. What's more is that it's not just that we've gone from sinner to neutral, but more than that, we've also been given all of the righteousness of Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. One of my favorite passages of the Bible, Philippians 3, verses 8 through 11, Paul writes these incredible words. Indeed, I count everything as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, 
the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so that by any means possible, listen, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So, what does that then do to us? Well, today in verses 17 through 24 of Ephesians, we discover that we get a new outlook on life and the world we live in. Listen as I read these verses and hear what Paul says. So let's go back to the Bible. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Wow, there is so much in this passage. But basically, Paul says there are three big ideas here. We now know what Jesus knows. Number two, we now know to let go of the past. And number three, we now know to embrace what Jesus has done for us and to us. Friends, that's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Yet God calls us to so much more. We're not just called to believe in Jesus. Now we're seeing we're called to live for Jesus, to live like Jesus. Jesus came, in part, to show us how to live for God in this world, something Paul talks about in verses 20 and 21 of our passage. We are called to be different, to have a different kind of outlook on life, and to live a different kind of life. I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, there was a Gatorade commercial with Michael Jordan, and the tagline was, Be like Mike. Well, our goal as Christians should be, Be like Jesus. 1 John 2, 5 and 6 puts it this way. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So in verse 17, Paul reminds us that we don't have the same outlook as we did before Christ opened our eyes to him. And he uses that word walk. Now, this is a very important word to Paul in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians 2.2, Paul said, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Positively, he tells us in Ephesians 2.10, to walk in the good works that God ordained for us, to walk as his workmanship. Remember? His poetry. Then in the beginning of chapter 4, we are to walk worthy of our calling as Christians. Here, we are told that what we once walked in We no longer walk like that anymore. So in Ephesians 5, verse 2, later, we are commanded by Christ, through Christ, because of Christ, to walk in love. In verse 8 of Ephesians 5, we are to walk as children of light 
And then finally, in verse 15 of Ephesians 5, we are to look carefully how we walk and be wise. So we should now know what this word walk means. Paul uses the word to denote lifestyle, your conduct, as in the conduct of one's life or how one conducts himself or herself in life. Paul reminds us that knowing Jesus means we are different now. We see the world differently. Our goals, our objectives, they are different because now we see and understand what living for self and we're living for self ends. In verses 18 through 22, Paul shows us the descending order of life for anyone who doesn't know Jesus. Look at it. He starts with wrong thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. And this then leads to wrong understanding. I believe Paul captures this idea so well in 1 Corinthians 1, 22 to 24. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly or foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then that makes them aliens from God. Paul is saying that to someone running from God, God is foreign to them, alien. You know of him, but think about our world today and the ways we try to express the idea of God. People will use these cavalier uh, expressions, the big guy upstairs, a higher power, a cosmic force. Many in the world just think it's karma. Do you see what Paul is saying? He's saying, as a believer in Jesus, someone who has accepted and trusts in the gospel, God is not foreign, but Father. Romans tells us he's Abba, Father. And this is what Jesus once again means in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. If we claim to know Jesus, then our outlook on life must be different from the world's. We're called to live out the gospel as individuals and as the church. In this introduction, we see how important it is, this concept of walking in the Bible, in describing our lifestyle as believers. For if we claim to know him but do not bear the fruit of salvation, then how can we be sure of our profession? After the break, Pastor Steve finishes discussing the practical application of this passage found in Ephesians chapter 4. Have you heard of our upcoming ministry trip in 2017? Back to the Bible Canada is pleased to present the New Testament Greece by Land and by Sea Tour from April 24th to May 5th, 2017. Join us for 12 days of exploring ancient Greece, the launching pad for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Along the way, explore famous sites including Thessalonica, Corinth, and the island of Patmos. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to travel and be inspired in your faith. For more information, call us at 1-800-663-2425 or visit backtothebible.ca. And just as a reminder, all costs involved in any of the Back to the Bible Canada vacation events are funded exclusively by the participants. Now let's go back to the Bible with Pastor Steve Bray. But if your thinking is faulty and your understanding darkened 
and God seems alien and unexplainable, what are you really left with? Paul says this leads to ignorant and arrogant hard-heartedness. Listen to the words of verse 18 and 19 again. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous. And then Paul tells us what happens as a result of this. Passionately pursue sensuality and greedy to practice anything impure. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that not the world we live in today? Where we call right wrong and wrong right, and then we celebrate it? Paul talks about this extensively in Romans 1. But here in our passage, Paul cries out a resounding no in verse 20. This is not how you have learned Christ. This type of lifestyle and thinking and outlook is not what knowing Jesus is all about. Kevin DeYoung, a pastor in Michigan, reminds us of a very important fact. The key to Christian maturity is understanding what God chooses not to remember, our sins, and what he always remembers, his promises. This is what motivates the Christian now and what drives us toward God and his word. Let me ask you another question. How did you come to know Jesus Christ? When it comes to your mind, what does your relationship with the Lord tell you and others? When you were first saved, a change took place. Your sin was replaced with Christ's righteousness. Your failures were replaced with his victory. But is that how you live? Paul challenges these Christians again to examine the legitimacy of their salvation In Philippians, he told that church to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And after explaining the futility of the world's system of thinking, he declares to them, this is not the way you learned Christ. Now, learned here is an important word. Paul is saying, look, you know differently that Jesus did not act like the world around him. But then he says, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. A literal way to translate this would be, at any rate, if you have heard, as I know you have. Paul is confident that these people have heard the truth about Jesus and have made a profession of faith in him. So Paul is basically saying, hey, you've learned it, now live it. Paul finishes with these words, we're taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying, if you have found Jesus, then you have found truth. Paul is challenging them and us to think about Jesus and to be in a relationship with him. That means it's an openness and an involvement with him, particularly in his death and resurrection. And how do we do this? Verse 22 tells us, Paul says, put off the old self. Self there means our humanity or manhood, but does Paul mean that when we receive Jesus Christ, we kill the old man once and for all, or it was a one-time deal? Or does Paul mean we are to continually be putting off the old humanity? And the answer is, yes, it's both and. In verse 24, we put on the new person who is literally created according to God, which means according to his image or likeness. So... Paul says, live like this. Live as blamelessly as Adam and Eve did before they disobeyed. 
He uses the clothing and unclothing to provide a natural illustration for us to grab a hold of. Friends, when we truly know Jesus, we are redeemed from being slaves to sin to being slaves to righteousness, just as Paul said in Romans 6. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. Now think through this. If you've been a slave all your life, and you're used to being a slave, and then one day you're free, living life as free doesn't come as easily as you might think it does. Sometimes we have to train ourselves in godliness, and that's what Paul instructed Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. We do this primarily through the renewing of our mind. That's, this is the putting on. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then in Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In fact, Paul uses a very visual image, doesn't he? He says, put off your old self, clothe yourself with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now think this through with me. You've just come in from working in the garden. Your clothes are covered in dirt, maybe little bits of weed and even manure. And your wife says to you, honey, you've worked really hard. Let's go out for dinner. Now, what do you do? You know you couldn't possibly go the way you are. So you go to the bathroom, you take off that dirty clothes, you have a shower, you clean yourself up, then you put on new clothes and you're ready. And how do you feel? Maybe you've used this expression like I have getting out of the shower. I feel like a new man, ready to enjoy an evening out with your wife. That's what Paul says we need to do as Christians. We're to put off the old way of life, the old self corrupt and deluded by all of its lusts and passions and desires. We must be worshipers of God and God alone. Mankind was created to worship. So either we're going to worship God or we will worship something else or someone other than God. Now think through this. You don't see animals lined up on a river's bank to watch a bear catch fish. Why? Because animals don't worship. Humans do. So if your goals are different and your destiny is different, then friends, your outlook is going to be different. Now tomorrow we're going to come to the nitty-gritty of our lifestyle. But again, I want to ask, do you know Jesus? Then how does knowing him change you? How does it change your outlook on life? Knowing the difference between the world's ideology and what Christ has called us to. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow as we'll get very practical in the ways of Jesus. 
You know, Pastor Steve, as you were talking, I, I began to look at some of these words that Paul uses, and I, and I see words that sound intellectual to me, like the mind is spoken about and, and ignorance is spoken about. And you know, in our culture, wh- when we think about what people know and what they don't know and how they live their lives, we normally think that what they know and how they live are separate categories. We don't dovetail those together, but Paul does something very different here, doesn't he? Absolutely. And to put it in a sentence, you'll always do what you believe. And that's that's just a part of life. I'll always do what I believe. And the Bible says for Christians, if what you do is what you believe, it should line up with God's Word. And that's a part of your mind and your heart. Yeah, if I think about what you've just now said, in essence, that's what you've been telling us all this week is that when we believe in Christ, it transforms who we are. But let me try to turn that around on you. That would mean that when I'm being a disobedient, there's a problem in my belief system, isn't there? Absolutely. At some point, you are not trusting in what Christ has said. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to dig into that because some will say, are you getting legalistic? Are you saying there's a set of rules? And I want to make sure we distinguish that very much between the difference of responding to something versus trying to earn something. Yeah, It's a key distinction. Now, I see a couple of other things also that you uh, talked about in this passage, and, and that includes words like, you know, callous and uh, hardness of heart. I mean, you, you get this sense of the inability to know because of the lifestyle that we've lived, right? So it's not that I intellectually come to believe. I can actually live in such a way that I'm, I'm not capable of believing. Absolutely. Again, as I said a couple of days ago, I don't become a sinner because I've done bad things. I'm a sinner, and so I do bad things. And I need Jesus' work in my life. I need his word to penetrate my heart and my mind, and that's what's going to draw me to him. And so the desperation for Christians is to live what you know, and the invitation to unbelievers is come to what you don't know and know it. What's your outlook on life today? Has it been changed by the reality of knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior? Well, Pastor Steve has helped us understand what it means to put off the old self full of corruption and sin and instead put on our new selves. We're called to be righteous and holy, but all through the power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. May this lesson today give us encouragement, but also conviction to examine our own hearts and where we fall short in living for God. Tomorrow, we'll continue learning from Ephesians chapter 4 with Pastor Steve as we look at how Jesus changes our lifestyle. Back to the Bible Canada, leading you forward in your walk with Jesus every day. How does knowing Jesus change every aspect of our lives? Well, in our special series from guest Bible teacher, Pastor Steve Bray, entitled Knowing Jesus, How the Gospel Changes Us, we've discovered the difference that Jesus makes in the way we think, how we act, and how we respond to people and the world around us. Hopefully, this study from Ephesians 4 has been a blessing to you in your walk. And this month, we want to offer this great one-week series to you on CD for only $8 plus shipping and handling. So be sure to contact us today to order Knowing Jesus, How the Gospel Changes Us. Just call us at 1-800-663-2425 
That's 1-800-663-2425 or visit us online at backtothebible.ca.